welcome to the Screamcast episode 87. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Brad Henderson. What's up? Happy 2016! Made it through 2015. I guess. Barely. (laughs) Really? Barely? I think 2015 was, for me, a pretty damn awesome year. Personally, like both personally um with the podcast and like personally i I mean i got got healthy with my ass into shape starting in april and then just a shit ton of really good flicks came out in 2015 i was like looking through because we're today we'll be doing our top 10 uh films we saw this uh, in 2015 top 10 blu-ray releases as well as top 10 discoveries and i was looking through like my year of what i watched and i'm like I watched a damn good movies this year. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird, weird thing because everybody was not everybody, but I mean, a lot of social media was saying 2015 was like a bad year for horror. <laughs> it was a bad, a bad year for movies, and I'm like, do you like? Have you maybe, you know, maybe they only watch, you know, a couple, couple hundred, maybe a hundred, two hundred movies, and maybe they're watching everything on Netflix. I don't know, but yeah. it just seems like. For me, I mean, yeah, I go to the festivals and I don't pay attention to that festival bullshit. Um, you know, don't put any festival movies on your list because I do because all the movies last year that were on everybody's list this year were on my list last year. <laughs> but it is the same that. thing. Same thing kind of happened last year, too. It seemed it was just like a really bad year for horror. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I I, I see more inventive and, you know, newer things and. You know, people always pushing the limits, trying to make making something different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was a, I think it was a good year all around for everything. Yeah, I mean, it was a great year in movies. I can't remember like ever going back. I'm not going to say it's better than you know the best year ever, but I never look back. Ever since I've been kind of really paying attention and doing this, uh, like really like writing stuff down, trying to figure out my top ten. I've been doing that since about 2010. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever had a movie like a year where I'm like, oh, that year sucked. No. Yeah. I actually have a new respect for writing stuff down. I try to keep stuff on like letterboxed and everything. I try to. I, That's what I'm lot. doing this year. That was a New Year's resolution. Yeah. A lot of them fall through the cracks, but at least I've, I at least have kept track of most of what I've watched. Um, cause I've been trying to do like a movie tally, um, with some, some guys I think, um, oh, Trevor Schoenfeld and, um, uh, Jay. Um, yeah, that, that, that's where I started in the, the movie tally. I started writing yeah. it down. They, they they inspired me to do that just to yeah. know how much. I was like hitting like six, seven hundred a year. It was, it was but I don't crazy. think I've I think I've tallied it, but I don't think I've really looked back. And I, and I'm I hate doing lists. Like they're not the things that I enjoy doing or look forward to doing it. But doing no. it this time, well, but doing it this I, time around, I'm actually like forced to do it for yeah, for I the think show. It's like. Fun. No, but it really helped me take the year in perspective and like, cause I'd heard all the, ne- the, all this negativity, you know, online and stuff. And I'm like, looking through everything that I've watched, I was like, holy shit, like there's, you know, a ton of good movies at least have come out in the past two years. Like I don't get ev- to everything right away, but, um, I'm looking, just looking through like just fun movie after fun movie. And I, I have a new respect, I think, for going back and doing the top 10 list. I think I'm going to, I'm, that's my New Year's resolution too, is to, to keep track of everything better and do, Start doing like at least a at least keep a top ten of what I've seen. Yeah, you know, so because I think it really helps and it's fun. I always I what I do is at the beginning of the year, um, I make a little note in my phone and I say top ten, and that's what it is. And anything that I see that really stands out that I'm like, okay, 
that potentially is going to be on my top 10 list right. or could be. Um, and, and I, I, I write it down and then it folds, you know, gets up to 10 and then I just start, I still continue yeah. and it's just brought And then I'm like, okay, I, I think this one, you know, I, I definitely, this is something that I can, I can say this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I, the thing is I would have a hundred honorable mentions, but it, <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw a lot of great films this year, but this is – I want – you know, the things that I put on my list are th- things that get make me over-emotional, um, mm-hmm. that have literally like, – I'm not saying like edge of your seat, like literally edge of your seat. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, well, wow, that was really intense. No, I'm talking about like, holy shit, my heart's beating. Yeah. This movie's – you know, or something, you know, um, you know, scary, uh, something crazy and, and inventive or just like a really fun – you know, movie. Yeah, it's 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 really you know that's how I I put it in perspective yeah. of, of a top ten list. I just don't think it should be, you know, and I'm not one of those. I'm not going to put that on my list because everybody else is going to put that on the on my list. You know, because Mad Max Fury Road's on mine. I mean, you know, but I might have different reasons that it's on my uh, top ten list. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. We'll, no, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go through that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, and sure. I think I think I finally have a newfound respect for it. Um, it's like like I say, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I think uh, it's like the light bulb went off, and I get it. Um, we need to talk real quick, just because you're all have heard so uh, little about it. Uh, you and I saw the Star Wars Force Awakens, so we got to kind of talk about that. Just like yeah, yeah, quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Quick. No, I'm down for talking about whatever. We have all night. Just really quick. This um, is a, this is the opening episode. This is. This is, <laughs> this is the Screencast 2005, uh, Retrospective 2015. It's, it's not going to be on my top 10 films I've seen this year because I tried to keep it more towards things that aren't big, um, like Mad Max Fury Road, not on my top 10 this year for overall. Oh, Sean. Because I, I wanted to no. keep it – Completely understandable. I wanted to keep I, it a little more smaller, I guess, in a way, but – because everyone was for me, it was like, well, everyone's going to have that. But yeah, I, but, I was the same way. I was on the fence with it too, but I think I have different reasons for it. To cool, be uh, we'll, which, we'll, which we'll, we'll, discuss. we'll we'll travel down that road. But so I did Force want, Awakens because this is a movie. If you guys know me, I mean, I'm a friggin'. I was born in 1977, and that's when the first Star Wars came out. And I've been inundated with Star Wars since I was an infant. Like my parents were fans. I had the toys, the books. I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, um, and was that 83, right? 83. Yeah. And so, and that's one of my first theatrical experiences. So this has been like a, in my bloodstream, like midichlorians. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, a little too far uh, there. A little, a little too far there. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, and then, you know, and then the rough road of a Star Wars fan with the special editions, George Lucas tinkering with them, the prequels coming out, which, you know, just as a fan, like didn't hit the sweet spot. You know, they are what they are. I choose to kind of ignore them as like, they're kind of off to the side. Like my kids are finally asking, dad, we want to see when Anakin becomes Skywalker. So I'm like, they've, I've kept them from the prequels. They've never seen them. And hey, I'll hook you up with some edits of a fan that did them. Oh man, that'd be incredible. Yeah, I've been and, that. Yes, I've heard some, and, there's some pretty good and, edits. And I'll share it with, uh, on Twitter and stuff, but it, over um over my course because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan I, mm-hmm. I'm not you know I, I enjoy the films for what they are but I'm not gonna go out of my way to like say oh man I'm you know this is this is part of my this is like a staple of my childhood it's not they're just ordinary movies just like everything else 
Um, I do enjoy the older ones, of course, you know, the original trilogy versus the, the prequels. But um, upon watching um, the films again, uh, it, it's been a long time since I saw the pure originals, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Holy Trinity or whatever people yeah. call them. Despecialized so, if yeah. you can. So I tracked down um, a buddy helped me out. Um, he burned or this guy – this guy uh, on the internet, I forget what he goes by, Hamage, Harnage, something like that. Army. Army. So Army. he, H A H A R M Y? Yeah, something like that. So basically, he took the laser discs of the original films, because those are the highest quality of the originals you can find, not yep. the VHS tapes. And he remastered them himself with sound doing 5.1, spent. I don't know, a couple, you know, a few years on it. Yeah, it's incredible his, his, what he his did. His blog and everything like that. And he was forced to take him down because he got slapped with uh, copyright. So I don't think you can find him on his forum or his blog anymore. He actually it kind have of to, fell under, for a while, it kind of fell under fan edit. In a way, you know what yeah, I mean? And, and George Lucas was then, kind of letting those slide. Yeah, and then once I think Disney kind of took over, he was hit, hit, hit with, you know, kind of a cease and desist thing. You can still find them online, like through torrents and everything like yeah. that, which we don't promote torrents on here. But with something like this, this is what the fans want. And fucking Star Wars has made its money, people. We can I, I, we, we can move past. I'm it. hoping this can be like Disney gets their ass in yeah. gear and gets the rights from Fox that they need and works things out. And, and we're seeing this because for them to kind of take that kind of action, it kind of shows maybe they're looking into this and they yeah. want to build up the, um, you know. The demand I, for it. I think I think they know. I mean, because that's the way I wanted to watch them. So I contacted a friend. He made some Blu-rays for me, um, and I did that. And then I was searching through uh, online. I I bought the Blu-rays of the the new trilogy. Yeah, you know, one, one through three, and I popped it in. And as soon as it starts, like the Asian aliens talking, like in English. <sighs> And it just, it really like threw me off. Like I was like, okay, you know, I really want, I really want to kind of get into Star Wars with this new trilogy that's coming out. I really want to enjoy The Force Awakens and not be, you know, uh, have all this shit poured onto me from these, like these new prequels. So I went through and I found these edits that this person did who absolutely loves Star Wars. They put them on YouTube. Um, and I downloaded them so that way I have them because who knows what's going to happen yeah. with that. But he created uh, languages for the aliens and he put subtitles with them. Wow. And the voiceovers for the aliens, they sound perfect. <laughs> like they're not, you know, some dude in his basement. No, they're like this thing's professionally done. He cut down the, all this goofy shit with Jar Jar. He cut basically Jar Jar out of the movie and makes him actually an asset. And not annoying. Wow. Um, but he cut down the movie to like an hour and 36 minutes. Um, and it's really fucking good. Like, I, I mean, for, you know, a fucking prequel of the Star yeah. Wars. Like, you know, it still has its hiccups and still not a great movie. But he took everything that's good and took out like the midichlorian talk. He took out all that. And he did this for all three prequel uh, films or, the, you know, the, yeah. the prequels. And it's kind of a decent decent trilogy yeah well i'll be going down that path with with the kids um but so i've been you know so i've i've been anticipating yeah i have have too i have crazy i I had like goosebumps in the theater i was all excited my wife and my kids were just like you need to relax you know and uh so we, we got through the movie and um 
the crowd reacted, you know, the, the crowd had a blast. Like everyone had a blast with it. Yeah. Uh, as far as the plot goes, like I totally see, you know, see the criticisms and everything like that, but it was like, but overall it was a fun, well-made film, uh, a welcome return to the star Wars universe. The, the, and, and the thing that I've heard talk about and that I agree with is like what JJ Abrams did was he made you fall in love with the new characters and the old characters, the returning characters were just kind of there, but he made you, which I think is what he had to do for this new trilogy, but he made you really love the new characters. And I'm just excited to see, you know, what happens next. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I was, I was a little taken back from sitting there and, you know, from immediately I was comparing, you know, just the certain steps that would happen. I was like, Oh shit. Like this is like, yeah, almost identical it's a carbon copy for you know uh, a new hope yeah like kind of kind of ridiculous in a sense i mean there's you know there's a snow there's a snow planet there's (laughs) you know there's basically a desert a desert planet there's a green planet yeah and it has all that setup of 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 those it has you know every step that every every movement in in a new hope this this rehashes and that's not i'm not uh, you know, upset or I just, I just maybe I was wanting more. Yeah. I mean, really like that's, that was my main, I guess overall now, now that I think about it more, my main beef with the film and what, and what JJ Abrams brings to the table. Like if you look at his body of work, if you look at what he did with the star Trek franchise, when he brought it back, that the new star Trek movie, the first one that he did was the greatest hits of all the old star Trek that we've seen before. Um, just sexied up a little bit, but he did the exact same thing with Star Trek, and he even brought in Star Wars stuff to that. And yeah. then, so if you look at what he, he hasn't really had a he's really, a true fanboy, is what it is. He, yeah, he's a, tr- he's a true fanboy uh, almost, making movies, almost to his detriment. Like, because he, if you look at his body of work, like I mean, even Super Eight, man, like yeah, it's Close just, Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind, and you know it's, all the. Steven Spielberg alien, yeah. you know, it's just, it's his, it's an homage to, to all his films that he loved as a kid, and that's which I'm completely he, content with. Yeah. But I mean, that, but that's kind of what he does. And I, and cause it, if you look at his body of work, I don't really think of one original film that he's done. That's a JJ Abrams film. Can you, cause um, he's been brought in to kind of fix franchises like, you know, mission Impossible yeah, three. Yeah, and, I, I don't, I don't know of any know, standalone movies yeah. he's done. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't Super Eight was Spielberg light. I mean, so that's kind of. I feel like I knew he would do a decent job with Star Wars, but I was kind of worried. He's a safe director to, to it, pick exactly pick and, for that. And the that's Star what Wars, Disney needed. I think. Yeah, they need. Here's the th- here's what it boils down to. Because I'm in the same boat with you. I was like a little. I was a little PO'd from, you know, the plot. I was like, man, I wish just it was something. I was a PO'd. I, I was just kind of like, well, here, that's how I was saying PO just to be funny. Because um, <laughs> I think PO is a funny thing to say. <laughs> no, but I mean, after the movie, I was a little, un- I was underwhelmed with the plot, but I was overwhelmed with how much I liked the characters. Right. And that that's what I wanted. But, but back to what you were saying, you know, we're coming off. You know, four, five, and six—that people, people kind of—you know—it's—it's it's weird. Star Wars fans are weird, but they're uh, not great movies. Like they're not 
they're not right. great. It's the plots. universe. It's it's the yeah. universe. It's the idea yeah. of Star Wars. It's the characters that exist within the movie that people love. Mm-hmm. Maybe not what they're doing in the movies, but they like the idea of those characters. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where it all stems from. And with with what Disney obviously had to do to to come come from those uh, you know those new prequels to make a safe movie i think they did the best that they could i think they did a good job and you have to look at it as setting up these movies, movies. as for these characters because now we don't have any of the old characters it will probably get chewy and we'll probably get the droids but now it's going to be bb8 ray finn and poe Pretty like, much, and that's that's how the whole, and that's what I thought. Yeah. But that's even what George Lucas wanted. He wanted it to be handing off a baton, of, you know, of the older and characters. And they did, new but characters. they they just had to get there. I think, you know, I don't think they went about it in the wrong way. My main complaint, and it's a complaint because I like the characters, not about how the film was made, mm-hmm. but I really wanted more of those characters. Yeah. I wanted a more of a relationship and dynamic between Poe and Finn. Totally. You know, because more the, romance. The, the moments they have on the screen are spectacular, mm-hmm. probably the best in the movie. But we actually don't get that much time with them. We don't get you to know, know uh, Poe very well at all. Yeah, and I and I really thought it was the only thing I thought was extremely weak was how how they handled uh, Han and Leia mm-hmm. and Chewie coming back from what happened. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an overall extremely weak and every like I honestly maybe they just should have been in the background. You know, yeah. it was one of those things where I think Han Harrison Ford had too much screen time and knowing. How much he doesn't really like doing that, it kind of dampered all of it for me. <laughs> because Harrison Ford has come out and said he fucking hates it. Like, he's over it. Yeah. You know, he really does not care anymore. I I even – I was shocked in, like, a recent interview because they're like, well, why would you – you know, was it great being back? He's like, well, I got paid. You know, it's just yeah. like, dude, get but out of your grump mode, man. But, <laughs> that's, but that's how he is. And so I – you know, I, I try to separate that. You know, with the art, but I don't think there's really much art in it because I think it's all forced. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I, I look at this movie and I, and like I said, I had a blast with it. The kids had a blast. The kids were leaning forward in their seats and they've been all about Star Wars ever since, which is great. And uh, they've been wanting to, you know, play games and rewatch the first movies. Now they're just interested in the prequels for better or for worse. But, um, but I think what this film does in in a safe way, and I think, you know, Disney had a choice to make either, you know, either go with George Lucas's scripts or his his setup or um, and maybe they were too off the wall. Like maybe maybe they're actually maybe they're actually good. Maybe the ideas are actually really good. But what if they needed a safe movie to set up some of those ideas? I don't I have a feeling that yeah. they're not jettisoning jettisoning. George Lucas's ideas altogether. I think they needed a building block to get to these next movies. Because if you look at the next director, Rain uh, Rain Johnson or Ryan 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 Johnson, Johnson? Yeah. It's, it's spelled Rain. I don't know, but uh, Ryan Johnson. Like if you look at his body of work, like he's kind of an he's a very interesting director and a very interesting writer. Yeah, I mean he has so, he has he has Brick and Looper, uh, two completely different movies. But he's done he, a lot of Breaking Bad too. 
Oh, I, well, I'm just, I'm cinematic mm-hmm. movie, movie world. Yeah. I have never, I mean, and, obviously uh, Brothers everybody Bloom. loves freaking, oh, he, he directed Brothers Bloom? Yeah, which I love. It's a fun, that's fun. Yeah, a fun okay. Film. So he has, he has a unique, unique, uh, past and he has, um, you know, none, none of those three movies right there are the same. J.J. Right. Abrams, all his movies kind of run together. They're all big you know, summer blockbuster movies that feel like they could fit in the eighties, yeah, which is fine. But I think that's a good, you know, that was a, a good safe choice to pick Abrams to create these characters, to create a dynamic and then let somebody else take the reins yeah. and maybe make it more story driven. Well, that's what I hear. JJ Abrams has said that he wishes he was directing Ryan Johnson's script and Lawrence Kasdan said that it gets weird in a, in a good way. So they're, yeah. you know, so... And I, I'm excited. I, I'm excited so to see what they do. So if they continue that, I'm, I'm good to go. Like, this was a yeah. good stepping stone. But 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 that's the thing. I have all this this history of Star Wars, and I and these movies aren't perfect. Like, they're they're fun. I, I love them. It's the but, universe that you like. Yeah. It, it's the, the first, idea of Star Wars. The first Star Wars gets kind of boring. No, it's, dude, that's my favorite. Is it? For me, like, when I... I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Like, it's... I fucking love out of, Star Wars. Out of New the Hope. three, it's become like my least favorite, which is weird. See, um, I, I love I, like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, and then Return yeah, of the Jedi. Every, every, everybody loves Empire, but I, I yeah. honestly, I I get a little bored in Return and Empire. Like it's fun, but man, yeah. I really, I really like well, Empire. Empire, yeah, I, but it's, it's weird, but but. You know, but the plots are all none of the the Empire Strikes Back since it's a a middle kind of you know story has the most dynamic story and and um is the most surprising uh, of them all. The yeah. first Star Wars was like George Lucas had this idea for more more story and everything, but he did that as a standalone film, beginning, middle, end. He didn't leave any. You know, loose ends really in the, in the first Star Wars. He left some things open to imagination, but he didn't start doing the actual story building until Empire Strikes Back. But he wasn't even directing it, and he wrote part of it. He gave, basically came up with the story, and Lawrence Kasdan wrote it. So everyone's like all these, and that's the thing. Like we're gonna wrap up in Star Wars here in a little bit in in a, in a second. But like the, it's amazing the internet how it works because the first week something's out, everyone loves it. Second week, something's out, especially a popular film. All of a sudden, here come all the articles with everyone bitching and moaning and ripping these movies apart, you know. And, you know, yeah, Force Awakens had some plot problems, had it very contrived in, in certain in certain aspects. You know, I mean, it, it's as contrived as Return of the Jedi was bringing back a Death Star. You know, is, is the Empire really going to learn its lesson? But, uh, you know... Whatever. I mean, there, you know. there's there are some ridiculous things. <laughs> I know, no, I know, but that's the thing. Like each of these, even the old it's, Star Wars, there are. It's not even a battle station; too. it's a planet at this point. <laughs> it's awesome. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> to me, it's hilarious because it's like these guys are so stupid. They, but that's that's the thing, though. They're looking at what happened in the past and saying, like, well, we could probably do that too. Let's do it bigger and better. And but that's how, but that's how things work, though, don't it? If you look at, you know. um, then bigger means same, better. Same, it's, same same weakness. Though. It's hilarious, but you know, I get it. I get it. But all these articles, I understand that it's fucking clickbait, right? It's it's time it to put all yeah. this shit out there, 
And it's just one after another, people picking apart a movie pretty much made for kids. You know, this isn't some Shakespearean soap opera. This isn't some... And that's what you got to look at it. You, you have know? to look at it as this is a fun little popcorn movie. Yeah. It's, a sum- it's a summer... You know, this is the movie that belongs in the summer. It's fucking Star Wars. So what? It's, none of it's... We're not coming from a great story or intricate plots. We're coming from a characters in the universe, which that's what it wanted to portray. Yeah. portray. Not every movie has to have some deep plot. Well, but, everyone- you know... <laughs> We, it, I kind of wanted that with this one. Yeah, though, well, yeah, but we're we we're grown ups now. Before. We're grown ups now. You know, like we're grown ups now. <laughs> and yeah, but but like I said, like my kids ate it up with a spoon, and they're wanting more. And but like all these articles, like, well, this this oh, there's 25 things that were answered in Force Awakens. It's like idiots. There's three more. There's two more movies. It's like you know, Lord yeah, of the Rings I, I, I left shit out. I think that's weak. Yeah. It's like there's it needs to go somewhere. And but you know what? The things that were left open are the interesting things that if if Ryan Johnson is as good as writers of a writer as I think he is, if he and if he pulls it off, it could be this could be what we've wanted now. Like the table set. Let's get let's get crazy. Let's get weird. Um, and then we'll give it to Colin Trevorrow, and he'll just make the first one over again. <laughs> Oh God! I, I'm shocked at that he's going to close out the trilogy because hey, Jurassic World is fun, but there's nothing original about Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Well, the thing is, is that he's a safe, another. That's another safe director. I know. I, I think it's a wrong choice. But maybe, after maybe, Ryan maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe, you know, I don't want to. Ju- I don't because yeah, his, too far his, out his writing judge. his writing team isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but I they picked him. I guarantee because Ray is going to steal that movie because. All of um, – pretty much all of uh, his movies are very character female-driven. Yeah. Aside from Jurassic World. But, I mean, that no, was – Bryce uh, Dallas Howard is a, is, is a strong character. I mean – Yeah, you know. it's stronger. But I'm saying like, you know, like she I hate the Beholder kids, like with like, – <laughs> I the Beholder with like Sally Field and stuff like that. Those are all their movies. And it's like three or four of them, you know, that, that have been writing together since the 90s. So, you know, hopefully he'll bring his team on mm-hmm. uh, of writers and, and they'll dish out something uh, really well, you know, of course, with the supervision and stuff like that with, uh, you know, J.J. and, and Ryan and, and Disney and, and Lawrence. I, I, I just I continue with the universe. You know, there we go. We're, we're going to have there's going to be plenty of uh, Star Wars movies that we're going to have that are going to be great. We're going to have some that are just, you know, kind of bland. Yeah. And, it, and it's going to be completely fine. Look, you at, know? look at nerds. If you're going to get a Star Wars movie every single year until you're blue in the face. I guarantee you, you're in five years, you're probably going to be sick of fucking Star Wars. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be. It's going to be the paranormal activity. It's seriously <laughs> that's and that's my fear. It's like it, it really uh, is going to be oversaturated, and we're going to be sick of Star Wars. We're gonna we're gonna nah. want a break. Now, nah, I think I think I think they'll handle it well. Disney's not stupid. Well, what what, what they're doing the Marvel movies because I just watched a couple over the weekend. Um, I mean, some of those movies are good, some are bad, but you know what? You got to give them some respect, man. How how many years are we into this Marvel universe? And there's so many movies. Yeah, I think they're creating, all they're all pretty. They're all they're all entertaining, you know. Yeah, I think I, I think Disney Disney's not stupid. They're going to play the beats right. Yeah, and um, they're going to create a cool universe for old and new. Yeah, fans. but dude, like like my my kids, just seeing them 
you know, because they were kind of like, oh, Star Wars, that's dad's thing, Ugh, you know, and and to have a strong character like Rey, um, when her moment happens in The Force Awakens, I got goosebumps, and my daughter, I looked over at my daughter, and she was into it, and so she has a strong, kick-ass female character to, you know, to take with her, you know, and to, to be excited about, and and that's awesome. Because that hasn't happened in the Star Wars universe yet, you know. So, yeah, yeah you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. But uh, I'm down. I just got I I I got so I got so annoyed at all the blogs and everything. Um, I even joked around. I was like, I, pr- I I might just skip reading movie blogs this year. That might be a New Year's resolution. Because yeah. I get I get crazy. Just the negativity. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't fall for it. it. Just, I haven't fall for it for a while. And that's, and that's like when we when we do post articles on screamcast.com, Like, you guarantee, I guarantee you, none of it's going to be clickbait bullshit. No, and we may not, not be posting stuff as quick as these other other you know why? blogs. Because we don't. Number one, we don't get paid to do this. We <laughs> do this. We do this for fun and for our fans because obviously we love our fans. Um, number two, we don't get. You know, we don't get anything from this. We don't, you know, I said we don't get paid, but we also, Sean and I have day jobs. We do this on the side. So there's no one that's going to tell us that we have to do this or we have to do this in order to make this month's rent. Right. Like, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, we don't have time for that stupid bullshit. And, you know, when you dish out articles every single day, you're going to be dissing out some bullshit. Guess who's coming back is Freddie. Oh. Ungling. Like you know, <laughs> how many times have I seen that article of the you oh, know the new God. the new pet cemetery that's not even made yet is going to be yeah. scary, ten times scarier than the original? Yeah. Number one, fucking pet cemetery isn't scary. Number two, who the fuck is making pets remaking pet cemetery <laughs> right now? No. Like, there's no even there's not even a still from the from the movie. Is there even a script? And you're making and you're writing an article like that? Give me a fucking break. Yeah. Oh well. So anyway, moving along, I had, to, I had to get some Star Wars off my chest. Apologize, to everyone. I've been holding it in. Um, yeah, I'm sure you have. I while we were talking, I did I did finish my cup of uh, uh, coffee shop of horrors Highlander Grog, and it was fantastic in my mouth. And speaking of coffee shop of horrors, they recently opened their own store. Oh, really? Like an actual store? They opened a real store, oh, an man. actual store. Yeah, it's it's about a about an hour away from me I, i'm gonna drive down there eventually uh um it's like Mont- monteverda i think at florida so it's on the coast so I, nice. i'm gonna try to make a trip down there just to poke my head in but the but the pictures of everything it looks really really nice so i hope they they do well i just i just sent my brother who is a coffee connoisseur a couple bags of coffee for christmas so i'm hoping he digs it yeah so we'll see I'm, I'm awaiting the official verdict of mr pretentious coffee guy which is my coffee. brother. He, well, he's he's kind of involved in, in the industry, so oh, yeah. He showed so. me how to properly taste coffee, and apparently it's with a spoon, and you have to do a pour over, pour over version in a metal filter. But when you sip it, you have to slurp it with a spoon in order to get all the full notes. He says we had we had a really fun time over Thanksgiving. That sounds really <laughs> annoying. Showed me. at the same time. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was like, I will never do this ever again. I'm going to brew a cup of coffee and I'm going to drink it and I'm going to like it. But uh, yep. I, apparently, though, when you're doing tastings and trying to get the notes, like apparently that's how they do that, which is 
really funny. All right, moving along. Um, by the way, I do have some Coffee Shop of Horrors samples, and we're going to have to think of some sort of uh, contest or something for you guys to write in. In the meantime, though, anybody who buys anything from Coffee Shop of Horrors or, or any of our sponsors, uh, Grindhouse Video, if you pick up a uh, Wolf Men of Mars um, album or song or anything like that, or if you buy art from Kevin Spencer, um, email us, readme at thescreamcast.com, a screenshot of your transaction, of the completed transaction, and you will get entered into the contest automatically, into the next contest. I already have a couple people who've been thrown into the hat. Um, so that's a way for you if you want to get in on these drawings. Um, that would be a great way for you to get in there automatically. Sweet. Boom. All right, moving along. Let's jump into our uh, top tens. Top tens of 2015. Where do you want to yes. start? Do you want to start with this, uh, the films? The films yeah. and then yeah, Discoveries let's, and then Blu-rays? Yeah, let's, let's do the, yeah, the top ten um, 2015. Okay. So. All right. Um, you you want to go first? I'll go first? Uh, I'll go first. We'll, we'll alternate. I'll go first this one, and then you go first on the next one. And, you know, we'll kind of alternate. All right. Um, All right. So my my criteria, I mean, I don't see things new, new, new like Brad does. Uh, I'm not this fancy guy that goes to all these Well, just, just say top 10 for 2015. But these are the Relax. top 10 films that I saw in 2015. I think most of them were released at least on Blu-ray in 2015. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and these are and in... You follow the criteria. These are in no, no particular order. Okay, do it. Let's hear it. All right, the first one... Hey, let, let's just make this so we don't bore people. If we've talked about it on the show, let's just kind of briefly go over it yeah totally yeah so uh the first one is i guess this was released in 2014 but i don't care Jesus Christ. uh the blu-ray came out in 2015 i think did it uh nightcrawler jake gillenhall gillenhall um was the blu-ray released know. in 2015 yeah, yeah yeah i think i think that was i think that was released was, theatrically 2014 but i, I that's a safe I think the one. blu-ray hit early um early yeah. in the year 2015 yeah it did but this film, we've already we've talked about on the show. This film yeah. uh, blew me away, and Jake Gyllenhaal can kick some ass. I mean, he was in Southpaw this year, or this last year, um, Nightcrawler, and then I haven't seen um, uh, what's that other Did one? You see he, Enemy? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's on my to watch pile. It's yeah, getting. Enemies, I'm getting close to really that good. one. But he had a really kick ass 2015, and yeah, he's okay. a, he's a kick ass actor. I'm yeah. glad that he's finally diving into some character pieces rather than being the whiny baby he usually is. Totally. Um, we almost like, watched... He was, like, he was like John Cusack for there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we almost watched... Uh, oh, what's that Disney film of him based on the video game? Ah, um, oh, shit. Disney film? Boy in the Bubble? Bubble Boy? No, no, no. It's like... Uh, he plays like an... He plays, supposed to be playing like an Arabic type person. <laughs> oh, Prince of Persia? Prince of Persia. Oh, we almost yeah. watched that over uh, over New Year's, but the kids denied good it. Thing. Good thing you didn't. <laughs> uh, so moving along um, is the film Predestination. This I don't know if I talked about this on the show. This is directed by the Spirig Brothers. You did, yeah. Did I you talk was, about it? It was starring Ethan Hawke. You saw this in the, uh, the theater, right? 
Uh, no, I was gonna try to see it in the theater. Yeah. You did. You did talk about it on the show. But it's limited you, release. You, you intrigued me. I just it was one of those movies that kind of disappeared. Yeah. During its uh, like it's not even, it doesn't even pop up on Vudu or Amazon to watch or yeah, it's, on Netflix that I know of. You can rent dis- it. it weird. I think you can rent it on Vudu. I think I know for no, sure. You can. You can. But I'm saying it just like it yeah. wasn't up there and like in the most watch or yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, it yeah, which is weird because just kind of disappeared. It's a really damn good sci-fi film uh, involving tri- time travel. You and should you should d- dig into their um, their other film called Undead. Oh, dude, I own that. That's when I first oh, the, discovered the Spirit Brothers. The zombie, yeah, the yeah. Zombie film, that movie's kind of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, you know the the effects the effects are are pretty you know pretty bad, but. If you like, what's great about these guys is they're very open on their about their filmmaking process. And that movie Undead, they did that all on their own, and they did all the effects on like a, a laptop. Which for the effects, like if you look at you know if you know how effects are done and the kind of computer systems that are used to do these effects, like the fact that they accomplished what they did on this a cheap ass laptop is pretty incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah, that one, and then uh, Daybreakers, I, I loved, I mean, Daybreakers is a ton of fun. I'm, I'm a fan of these guys. Um, uh, they're supposed to be doing the Dark Crystal, I thought, but it looks like that got into uh, development hell, development yeah. hell and okay. I think they're off of it. But I love the Spirit yeah. Brothers, Predestination, a uh, ton of, I wouldn't say fun, but it's just, it's a really solid sci-fi kind of thriller. So, okay. all right. Um, next up, we've talked about this a uh, shit ton on the show, but it's Starry Eyes. Yeah. That's, uh, right. if you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck are you doing? Watch it. And that one's pretty readily available. Yeah. But, um. Cheap always, too. Yeah. Always cheap. Yep. But that's, God, it's so good. Um, next up is We Are Still Here. And this one nice. I wasn't 100% all about when I first saw it, but it's one of those films that I've been thinking about since I saw it. So if a film can do that to me, I think it's a, it's a great little film. Yeah. Um, It's, it it hits all the beats that you want it to. If you're a fan of, uh, you know, hammer and Fulci and all that kind of stuff, all those old school horror films, it's something that's done, done correctly without winking at the camera and being super corny. Uh, it's just it's it's a great little film. So know? good, um, and it's one of those that kind of got shit on too. Like people were all about it, and then all of a sudden, a week later, two weeks later, people shitting on it. You know, it's just like stop it already. And um, but check it out if you, if you haven't seen it. Follow, following this here, we got uh, a kind of a sci-fi thriller. I'm you know, t- t- 2015 was a good for kind of understated sci-fi. Also, um, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I always say Machina. Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland. Um, Alex Garland kicks ass. I love his movies. Or, yeah, that was on a lot of people's top ten yeah. this year. He did. I mean, he hasn't directed a whole hell of a lot. No, he writes a lot. No, he, he had, this was his. Oh, this was his debut. That's right. And he has another one. But yeah. he wrote Dread and and Sunshine. So yeah. I've been familiar with his work. Twenty eight days later, he works with uh, yeah Danny Boyle. Yeah, and he's um was the original writer for the halo trilogy that was going to be made that's right but yeah. that got uh that got canned but this movie is, is so 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 good if anyone ever asks me you know what can you recommend as far as sci-fi goes i always tell them to check out ex machina i mispronounce it every single time so 
But um, of course, it's funny. The, there's a Star Wars Force Awakens connection because uh, Dom Hall, Gleason, and Oscar Isaac are both oh, yeah. in this. They're, in They're way they, better in Ex Machina. Yeah. As far as you know, what their character, you know, acting. But it's cool to kind of see them both together uh, in in the in a big budget. You know, isn't popcorn. the other guy in that too? Kylo uh, Ren. Um, is Isn't he Adam, Adam, whatever, what's his name? No, no, he's not in this one. No, no, he's not. I thought he was. There's what some really great gifts and stuff like that of, uh, who played Kylo Ren? What's his name? Adam. What is his name? Adam, Adam driver, Adam driver. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's been in some great, like indie, like indie independent type flicks and, uh, he's played some really fun characters moving along. This one probably, I would say is probably my favorite of the year. Whoa. Deathgasm. <laughs> I mean, any movie that uses a giant black dildo as a weapon, I'm already down. Then you might like Cabin Fever 3. <laughs> but uh, Deathgasm was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're fans of heavy metal horror, and it was fun to see a new heavy metal horror film and uh, just a just so much fun and worth checking out if you haven't already. Of course, I've talked. We've talked about this on the show as well. You know, eventually it's on Blu-ray now. Is, is it, it out to buy? Because I'm holding it in my hand, but uh, I, uh, I don't know if it's out. Like out, out. I think so. Well, I, I want to say it is. I'm like, oh shit, did I buy that? Purchase See, it. I, it's I, good. I buy way too many movies, and I don't. I don't even. I know that I bought this. I bought it digitally. Yeah, I, I did too. Okay, I bought it digitally, so I haven't Ooh. bought it yet on Blu-ray. That's what I have to do. Like, I have to buy everything digitally because you know, for the for the show and for the website and yeah. from past, I get screeners and I feel guilty for not buying anything. <laughs> so I have to buy every because a lot of these smaller companies they don't do digital. Yeah, um, digital copies. I think Magnet does, but it's only through iTunes. So. Uh, you know, I like to have them in both places, and it's a nice little you can purchase for like six ninety nine or you know whatever. It's yeah, why haven't nice I bought it? I don't know if it's out. I don't. I think it's, it's out, out very, very soon. Yeah, it's coming out. It should be the at least the first or second week of January. Because that thing, I mean, oh, it's God, it's only twelve ninety nine. It yeah, comes out on uh, January fifth. Oh shit! Yeah, it's it comes out uh, today. If you're listening today. <laughs> yeah, Dark Sky Films. It's uh, all their movies are fairly cheap. So. Sweet. I will be Purchase grabbing that. Probably going to be available at Best Buy as well. So. Yep, totally. Grab it, buy it. Super cheap and a ton of fun. Uh, all right, let's see how many I got. Uh, four left. So uh, next is uh, the gift. Mm. Oh, dude, this movie. It's kind of tough to talk about because yeah, I don't really want to talk about it a lot, except that. Watch this thing. It's good. I mean, within the first 15 minutes, I was unsettled, but not in like, oh, this is so scary sort of way. But no, it's, it's just a fucking it's, dreadful it's movie. Genuinely like it's upsetting. Yeah. And I don't, and if, if you've ever, and I've been in some of these situations a little bit, not, it doesn't go places like in my life that the movie goes, but I mean, it's, we've all kind of been in the situation, you know, yeah, you're that given we, a choice. Yeah. And you debate your choice and oh, is your choice good? And you know, sometimes your choice can be really fucked up. Yep. 
Joel Edgerton surprising the shit out of me because he directed this he, and he wrote it. Uh, Jason Bateman, man, turning in. Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised. A great with that. performance. Yeah, I was kind of surprised with that because usually, you know, it's Jason Bateman. Yeah, he. You know, I mean, he's not a bad actor, but he just he surprised me because he's not his usual bumbling self. Yeah. Cusack. Yeah, yeah. This this movie, I've been um, I've been wanting to watch it for some time, and I grabbed it uh, about a month ago, I think, for super cheap. No, no, I didn't get it for super cheap. I saw it, and I just grabbed it. I didn't care. Uh, cause of BJ's recommendation, but, um, it's good and it clips along, man. It's, um, I stayed up way too late cause I was supposed to go to bed early, but then I started this and I couldn't go to bed till it was over. It's a fun movie to go to bed on. Oh man. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, next up is turbo kid. This one's coming yeah. out on Blu-ray very soon here in the States. I know that it's out, um, in Canada. I think Canada has a Blu-ray release that it's out. Yeah. But um, I had bought – I think I bought this digitally. All right, so I, own, I technically own it anyway already, but I want the Blu-ray, of course. But uh, this film, ton of fun. It's uh, – Michael Ironside is just chewing the, chewing the scenery. There's whoever that is with that skull mask with the wild hair, which is one of oh, my Ske- favorite – Skeletron. Skeletron, which are my favorite images of 2015. I love that. And uh, it's just a really fantastic movie. Of course, I've talked about this before already. Um, and the, uh, the female lead, I always forget her name, but she is just cute, cute, cute. Cute as Lawrence, buddy. Lawrence LaBeouf. Yeah. Is she related to Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's a, that's a, I, She's I way mean, too that, cute to be, uh, to be related to him. Hey man, Shia LaBeouf did one of the coolest fucking things ever. Oh my God. We need it. 2015. That's, so I think, I'm, is that I'm your favorite moment that. of 2015? Cause that might it's be. It's one of my favorite moments. Like, I, it, you know, it's a, it, like people looked at it like oh it was, God. he was an ass. No. I thought that is a really fucking cool thing to do. Genius. Watching it's, all of his movies. It's a really fucking funny fucking thing. Like it, it, every time I thought about it, I smiled. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> man, what a fucking cool thing to do. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, uh, he, Turned it around in 2015, Hopefully. for sure. I mean, he's got a whole another year coming up to, <laughs> yeah. to fulfill what what uh, you know. Because I mean, he, he's been through a lot. So well, he's been to, battling I, I, a lot of uh, alcohol, and he's been battling yeah, some. He's, substance he's got abuse. some issues, so I was yeah. glad to see something positive. Totally, be so popular. Yeah, even if people hated it, it was very. It was still a very positive thing for him. I loved it. And I I, that, I, I almost want to say this stuff's been kind of therapy for him. To kind of hey, get man, out of this shit. I, th- I think it is. Uh, he, it was a really, you know, cool, ballsy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And to actually televise it for 72 hours Amazing. for a live feed, that's the genius part. I mean, so that's, great. that's to me, that was considered art. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. And people could shit over it and be like, oh, he's just watching his movies. I was like, yeah, but who else has ever fucking done that? But I, and I think he had actual genuine bouts of emotion while he yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's not a fucking stunt. What does no. he have to fucking come from that? He has nothing. He has yeah. no movie coming out. He's not, you know, he's not a lead actor. He's not a box office draw. It's just fucking Shia LaBeouf. Like he has some issues. He's trying to work through them. Give the guy a fucking break. Yeah, yeah, totally. Much you know? respect. But All right, I got two more. Um, How do we get on Shia LaBeouf? Oh, Apple. Apple Lawrence LaBeouf. Yeah. She's she's so cute. Oh my gosh. She's a cutie. All right, next up, um 
my favorite horror Christmas horror movie to come out in quite a long time, Krampus. We just talked about this in the last show. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's not too late. It's still early enough, early enough it's in the year. Still, it's still pumping at theaters around yeah. here, and I was super happy about that. Yeah. And especially because we have a theater around here that just has 10 screens. You know, um, I mean, we have multiple theaters, but there's one with 10, and it's still playing at the 10 with The Force Awakens and all this new nice. coming out. I'm so, really I'm happy so, so happy that this yeah. did well. He's definitely going to be able to do Trick or Treat too with no problems, probably now. Michael Doherty. Did I say it right? Michael Doherty. I've been practicing since our last episode. (laughs) I even did that standalone uh, AXPX episode, and I pronounced it wrong in that, and I was like, fuck. Did he call you and be like, dude, No, I just felt bad because I did a Krampus-oriented podcast and freaking butchered his name. Oh, well. Um, And finally, uh, Sicario, which is by the director of of Enemy, and um, what's the other film that he did that I haven't watched yet? What is the movie you just said? Sicario? Yeah, what was the other movie you said though? Enemy. Oh, Enemy. Okay, so he, he directed the Enemy. It's uh. Yeah, I can't Dennis remember his name. Dennis Villeneuve. I don't know. I'm horrible pronouncing names. Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Something like that. Yeah. Villeneuve. But this movie, man, super tense. Uh, I still haven't watched it, man. I was I'm on the edge like, of my seat pretty much I'm the so whole movie pissed because I'm pretty sure that would be on because I. The other day I watched a watched it was on a trailer on a Blu-ray I was watching mm-hmm. and I was like god damn I forgot about that movie and it yeah. looks that looks shit looks right up my alley. It's really good. Uh Benedit Benedicio god fuck. Benicio del Toro. Benicio. Benicio del Toro, Jesus Christ. He's going to be the villain apparently in the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh he's operating all cylinders. Emily Blunt man turns in just a powerhouse performance this is the year of the lead of the strong woman in in film man uh and then josh brolin is fantastic and there's one scene on here during it i'm not even say when it is but there is a scene that go go down um one of my favorite scenes since uh the bank robber chase in heat Mm. that film that that scene's awesome but there's a scene in this film that is just fantastic and just your butthole clenches Dude, wait till you see, um, hopefully, uh, I mean, obviously this next year or this year we'll have, uh, Victoria, which is a, um, two and a half hour one shot movie about a night gone bad. And there's a, there's a robbery in that movie and there's a cop chase and a shootout and it is fucking glorious. Nice. All one continuous shot. Sweet. The whole movie. There's no cuts. It's insane. Ugh. It's a Spanish film too, isn't it? Is it by the same guys that did? Um, oh, what's that? A Silent House? No, because that think Silent so. House was kind of a Silent House has cuts though. It's it's presented oh, it? as one shot, gotcha. but they they claim they said there's like four or five cuts in the oh, actual okay. film. Um, nice, well, but it's, the, it, yeah, it's supposed to be presented as one shot. Well, that's my top uh, films of 2015. Uh, I want to say genre nice. type films. There's other films that I've seen that I had a lot of fun with. Um, uh, the Man from Uncle. If you guys haven't seen that, fun, fun, Dude, I've, fun. I've just spy heard movie. nothing but good things about that. Movie. Really fun. The 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 cover looks like shit. It looks it looks like it could be stupid. It's super fun. So, it's so also check it coming out. from Guy Ritchie, who is oh man, it's a very it's prominent filmmaker at one point. Then you know everybody got tired of the MTV editing. Yeah, no, this is good. He, he got threw under the bus pretty quick. Yeah, great script. A lot of fun. Super funny. 
Um, and it's actually, there's another spy movie, Kingsman, whatever, Secret Service. This thing, yeah. I, in my opinion, blows Kingsman out of the water. And people liked Kingsman, but um, I thought Kingsman had a little bit too much of a juvenile sense of humor. This one is, uh, Man from Uncle is very witty. Some good banter. Huh. So, cool. Yeah. And of course, Mad Sweet. Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Um, I'm going to quickly just name off my top 10 of 2014 so there's no confusion because I don't want people to think I didn't like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> so 2014 was The Treatment, It Follows, The Guest, uh, Locke, The Editor, Alleluia, Under the Skin, John Wick, At the Devil's Door, and Contracted. Contracted. Cool. Sorry. Um, so this year, drum roll. Drum roll. Um, just uh, no particular order, of course. Um, well, maybe kind of order. Um, Faults, which we've uh, briefly discussed uh, on the show. Did you end up checking that out? Faults? Yeah. No, not yet. It's on. It's on my list to check out, though. Um, yeah, Faults is is really funny. It's tense. It's it's kind of a you know kind of a bat bat shit. Uh, movie. It's um, a man is uh, runs kind of like this self help seminar thing. He's hired by this mom and dad to track down this girl who has um, been taken away, basically in a cult, and they kidnap her and try to bring her back to reality. And the movie's insane. It's really good. Um, next up um, is, of course, Bone Tomahawk, which we mentioned oh, on the last shit. show. Did I forget that one? I suck. Yeah, I know. Um, of course, listen to the last episode. Bone Tomahawk is great. It's fucking great good. Great characters, great script, great action. All around, you know, uh, one of those almost perfect movies. I, I, w- I would probably be safe to say it's a perfect movie. Um Next up, um, this comes out, I believe, in April of uh, of this year. Um, I saw it at Fantastic Fest. It's called Green Room. It's by the director of Murder Party and Blue Ruin. It's about a punk band that gets a gig one night at a skinhead bar. Some shit goes down, and they're trapped in a bar with a bunch of fucking skinheads one night. And yes. they have to fight for their life. It's really fucking good. It's really intense. That's an edge of your seat movie where you just you're so upset that you can't jump into the screen and help these people. It's one of those types of things <laughs> where you're so angry. You're like, God damn it. I wish I was there. I would help you so much. And Patrick Stewart's um, in that, too, right? Yeah. Patrick Stewart is one of the most menacing people. <sighs> I, I would never suspect of him being so like just he's just scary. He really is. And it's one of those things because he's so um well, not really a spoiler. He's kind of the lead of the skinheads. He's just very precise. He's very or he's highly organized, and that's the scary part. Because hmm. when you think of gangs and stuff, you think of just kind of ner- knee jerk reactions. But these guys, they are skilled, and they have a leader, and that's where the movie gets really scary. Um, of course, Mad Max Fury Road, which we can obviously pass on. It's just the one thing that I really stood out is it doesn't feel like this movie belonged yeah. in theaters when it do- when it did. Not saying it's bad, but it just doesn't feel like – I think this is an important movie um, to have out. And so – and being it was so popular, 
it's bringing back a fr- franchises like we had Mad Max and Creed in the same year. Two things that you would never think that yeah. would happen. Um, and Creed is phenomenal, by the way. Pro- it, it almost made my list of um, of the top ten. Almost. I might even knock off Mad Max Fury Road and just say Creed was my <laughs> Creed was number seven. Um, but anyways, uh, both films very high importance because it's going to show us that we can hopefully get out of the reboot age and kind of do sequels of the, these legendary films that we love that are actually good. Oh, but it's these... the, the remake wall, Brad. It's the remake wall. So it's, it's, doing a remake it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a direct to video <laughs> sequel or something that's slapped on the shelves of Walmart. Yeah. These are high budget movies that are done by, you know, prominent directors. I mean, Ryan, um, Cooliger, he did the Fruitville station, um, you know, he's doing the new Black Panther movie uh, for, for Marvel. You know, he's he, he's a great director and Creed is an emotional ride, man. I It was probably one of the only movies to actually make me tear up and almost cry. And I didn't see many movies like that this year. Nice. Um, moving along, uh, another film, I, I believe it's getting a theatrical release in February. Um and I don't know, I think uh, A24 picked it up, so Lionsgate. So it's going to be widely released. So it's not one of those like small little indie movies. It's called Krisha. Um, it is a – man, how do you put this? It's a drama. It's about a, a family during the, a holiday that is getting together that invites their aunt Krisha, who has kind of a – you know, not the greatest past has to deal with, you know, drinking and stuff like that. Um, and it's, it's presented as kind of one shot as well. Uh, what, what, one, one, one shot, but it's, it's, it's obviously spliced together. Just really long shots, um, are in the film. But anyways, uh, it's just a drama about a family, but it's what stands out about the film is that while watching it, I was thinking, man, like this can turn into a horror film at any time. <laughs> like it has this really awful sense of dread, and you're thinking, is someone going to fucking die? The music that's playing, the way it's shot, like I'm legitimately like you know anxious. And it was funny because the director, after the screening, he said he's highly, uh, um, you know, the Omen in Amityville actually inspired this movie. But it's not supernatural at all. It's just a straight hmm. drama. It's a family drama. And it's just your it's like you're holding a stick of dynamite and you don't know where the wick is. And you're just waiting for shit to blow up. That's how the whole movie feels. It's it's incredible. It's really great. Um next up is another A twenty four Lionsgate movie. I don't know when this is gonna get released either. Um it's called February. Um it has uh, a couple – it has um, Julia Roberts' like niece or something in it that played in like, Scream 4. She's in Scream Queens, whatever her name is, Emma Roberts. Yeah. It's got Emma Roberts and um, the girl from Mad Men. Um, she's in it. She also played in a movie called 1 and 2 that's really good that just came out on Blu-ray. Um, 1 and 2 is awesome. It's like – side note, it's like a, it's like a, a, a prequel to like a huge superhero movie. It's like what were what were superheroes like when they were kids, <laughs> you know? But check out one and two. But anyways, February is very very insane. Um, it's directed by Oz Perkins, who is uh, Anthony Perkins' son. It's his first film. Um, 
it's about a uh, all girl um, school, and it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Is it Thanksgiving? <laughs> I think it's Thanksgiving. I can't. I can't remember. It's a you know one of those things where they send everybody home for the holidays. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Two girls don't go, and you find out some crazy shit that's happening behind the scenes of the school. Yeah. Whenever whenever these girls or guys stay stay back, when everyone else leaves, that's when shit always goes down. Yeah, it should happen like in Christie too. That was Thanksgiving. That was Thanksgiving. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would say February, but because the movie's called February, I don't think ha- anything ha- actually what? happens in February. What holidays in February? Valentine's Day. I know, but it's not Valentine. They don't send people home for Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> all right. So the next uh, next up is, you know, I, I was blown away by this. I got to see um, Hateful Eight in seventy millimeter. Um, it is quite the experience it is a fucking mean mean movie it is very mean spirited um but it's great uh great performances by walter goggins kurt russell um jennifer jason lee just all around everybody in the film does does a bang-up job tim roth kind of steals the show at times um but just kind of a one you know kind of a one one location movie that's you know three hours long. I was going to ask you about that. How does the seventy millimeter play into the if it's one location? That kind of I was like, well, if it's one location. That's the thing. You know. That, that you know, that's the weird thing is like every every film that he has done. This is the movie he chose to film in seventy millimeter, which is just literally one location. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with you know he has a lot of wide angle shots in the film. Okay to kind of bring together the whole cabin. Cause it's literally a fucking cabin, right? You know? Um, and it's, you know, you could definitely tell that it's, uh, inspiration from the thing as mm-hmm. well. Cause it's a big trust movie, you know, trust is a huge issue throughout the film. Uh, just really fun, very witty, very Tarantino ish. Um, but one thing that stands out is a very mean movie. I was, really surprised of the routes that it went with misogyny and, you know, just kind of, um, you know, using saying nigger quite a bit. It was Mm. just like, good Lord. And like, it was awkward sitting in the theater with a bunch of like old white people laughing every time they said nigger. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, it's not funny at that part. Like it wasn't meant to be funny. Like when, when they say it, it's like, no, that's a that's the derogatory. They're not saying it in a sense of humor. Like when in Pulp Fiction, when you know they meet Tarantino's character and he says, "Do you see a sign on my house that says Dead Nigger Storage?" No, that's funny. Yeah, but when they like purposely just call somebody a nigger. It's not funny, and like the white audience is just cracking up. And I'm like. <laughs> like are you all fucking racist? Like I don't understand. Like, well, you're in Florida. You- I guess so. It was just it, like I felt awkward. I was standing next next to a black gentleman too, and he wasn't laughing at those yeah. parts. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, man, I wonder how he feels a bunch of about a bunch of fucking whiteies laughing at this oh, word that's oh not used in the context of trying to be funny at all. So, um, anyways, but hatefully, it's great. Um, you can see it in. Um, at the theater with the you know DCP the digital it, it's That's not that fifteen or twenty minutes shorter I hear there's yeah. like an, a weird edit if you go to that one there's what it is is it's there's uh, an overture where they have the music to kind of set the mood because the whole soundtrack is by Ennio Mor- Morcone which is fabulous is great <clears throat> um, even the soundtrack to the unused portion of the thing plays oh wow it's fucking it's fucking great 
Um, but there's a intermission. And the reason why the intermission works is because of what happens right right before the intermission, a big scene happens. And hanging on that cliffhanger, oh, wow. taking a cool. break, yeah. it really works because the film changes pace at that moment. Like when you come back to it, and you'll know what scene I'm talking about when you see it. Um, but when you come back to it, it feels like a different movie. Is there a narration from Tarantino in the film you saw, the Roadshow version? Yes, there okay. is some narration. It's very, it's very janky. Huh. It it throws you off big time, um, but it's not very long, and it it's not that bad. It's the Tarantino just, it, narrating. Yeah, it just feels really out of place. It's like when he narrates in um, uh, Sukiyaki Western Dragon. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I was just about to. Yeah, I was just gonna say, is it like that? Where it's okay. like, where it's like, yeah. what the fuck are you? Are I, you narrating this movie, Tarantino? I, I feel like whenever Tarantino shows up in a, in his own films, he's kind of like the least. Except for uh, Reservoir Dogs, I think that scene. Is well, I think awesome. he, I think he does well in Pulp Fiction. Okay, but you I mean, know, I think um, recently, I think the last few films of his, whenever he shows up, it's like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, luckily he doesn't show up. It's just a voiceover, right, okay? Um, because I mean, we have limited characters. Characters yeah. that you that you see, um, you know, the Hateful Eight. That's pretty much your leads. There are some, you know, other little characters throughout the film. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, 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 it's them. Samuel Jackson does a fabulous job yeah. like usual. Anyway, yeah, I need, I need um, to see this. I don't know if a roadshow version is playing near me, Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I would have to, it, the roadshow is worth it. It, the, the print, the, the print look great. It's very crisp and pristine and it kind of gives, and it does set the tone for the movie. Um, because you know, the movie's obviously set, you know, um, fucking, when was Abraham Lincoln president? Eighteen something. Sure, I don't know. eighteen something. I, I, I have no idea, but it, it's it's obviously set around the um, Abraham Lincoln's presidency because they mention Lincoln okay. uh, a lot in the film. Um, so, and obviously, you know, it's another thing. It, like people have a problem with you know maybe the N word used too much or, you know, the misogyny. And it's like, it's also set in the fucking 1800s. Yeah. And, and all around, that this, shit around the civil war. So, I mean, yeah, you know, like, when stuff's using, want? when stuff like that is used in contact context, yeah. with how so these characters would be, I let that, you know, it's, it's yeah. So fine. sometimes, sometimes you, you, you know, you could see, you hear it and you're like, ah, you know, other times it's like, okay, they're just saying it because they're mean. But it's not very funny. Um, so moving along, um, next is uh, Draft House Films. Pick this up. I saw this at South by Southwest in March um, of last year. Um, I don't know when it's getting released. It's definitely this year. Um, but it's called The Invitation. Um, Invitation is a, a dinner party movie, um, which I love dinner party movies um, because it gives this weird sense of tone because mm-hmm. you think everybody's friends at dinner parties, <laughs> but then usually like shit pops up and you realize that certain people hate one another. Right. Um, but it's a, uh, it's very standard of how the film's set up. It, there's no secret of what the film is going, what direction it's going to, because it basically tells you right in the beginning, um, that the house they're going to has kind of this weird, um, the homeowners have this odd past. Um, so what's fun about the movie, and, and it's also a lot of the complaints, is that the main complaint 
when it played at South by Southwest and also played at Fantastic Fest. People that I spoke to loved it. The other people that came out, which is the majority, said they didn't like it because you know what's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, you do. But it's a ticking fucking time bomb. You're waiting for it to blow up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know it's going to happen. But when? And yeah. sometimes you doubt what's going to happen. Like, you're like, is that going to happen? Is it? No? No? Is it? Wait. And then it does. And it's like, oh, shit. Motherfucker. <laughs> So um, I, I fucking love the imitation. Um, of course, when you find out what the con, uh, content is in the in the plot, you'll understand all oh, that. That's the reason why Brad loves that movie. Um, next up, my number one. Or wait, no, we got two more. Two more. Um, next, the Final Girls, which we've had on the show. I'm a huge fan of the Final Girls. I don't care what anybody says. It makes me tear up a little bit. It makes me happy. It makes me laugh. Um, it reminds me of being a kid. So there you go. I'm waiting for the Blu-ray pr- price to drop on that thing. I think it's, that sucker hasn't dropped. No. That's because it's, it's good, Sean. It's unfortunate. Um, and last but not least, the movie I saw at uh, Fantastic Fest, it gets released this year, I think very shortly, uh, uh, probably maybe February or March. But um, The Witch. Oh, um, man, I can't wait for that one. One of – I would say this is – this is the scariest movie that I did see um, this year. Is it? Yeah. I would say The Witch is the scariest movie. Um, I was really into it, so that's the reason why it was really scary to me. But it is um, a family who is uh, banished from a town, um, and they can't seek help, so they're alone. And they're visited by a witch, and the rest is – fucking history mm-hmm. like i don't want to really get into it but and when, it's set in uh the time setting it's uh when, when's the time setting oh um fucking way 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 back like the not dark ages but um that's the 1700s probably 16, uh, 1630s 16 1637 or is yeah. it 1630s 1630s new england cool oh, okay. okay so anyways, around like yeah, the so, witch trials and stuff like that right yeah oh, so man. you'll be saying Black Phillip is your spirit animal oh by the end of the movie. When you when Black Phillip gets into it, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Black Phillip. But anyways, um, yeah, truly a terrifying movie. Um, that movie had me, you know, again, on the edge of my seat. And the last 15, 20 minutes of that movie, I fucking think I forgot to breathe. <laughs> so um, a lot of fun. So it's my top ten of for the year. Sweet. Very cool. All right, so we need to move into our discoveries, our top discoveries of 2015. Do you yeah. want to just keep staggering? Like, I'll go I'll go first and just keep doing that? I thought I was going to go, Sean. You, you said go. I get to go. All right, go. So um, top ten movies um, of the films that were new to us um, that we saw for the first time. Doesn't matter if it was 2014 or, yes. you know, fucking – 1900 um vice squad which i saw earlier this year i know that we talked about it on last podcast with uh, jacob knight i saw it back in january um of course we talked about it last podcast very very brutal very gritty very dirty movie uh very mean as well um next up is the fan which was released by uh, mondo macabro um on blu-ray um very difficult movie to watch mm-hmm. But definitely sticks in your head and kind of won't leave because of the content and 
just another kind of dirty movie. Yeah. I have a lot of dirty movies uh, on my <laughs> um, on my list, um, but truly a <sighs> a very disturbing. Uh, disturbing movie on the on just content, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and kind of a hard watch at the same time. Not a rewatch either. Like I don't know when I'll re- ever rewatch. Yeah, the I fan. know. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that will like I remember every single shot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it won't leave me. Um, next up was a film that I, was new to me. I I thought I saw it, but I, I don't think I did. Like I'm even still when I had it on my list, I was like, do I put it on there because I thought that I saw the movie. But uh, Lucky McKee's The Woods, um, which which I think I mentioned on a podcast uh, a couple episodes back because I'll have recent release it on Blu-ray. Um, just a really kind of bizarre film, another all-girl uh, school movies that has to deal with the supernatural. Uh, really dug it. Um, another film that I mentioned before, because a lot of these films we mentioned on, yeah. on the show already, uh, was Angst. Um uh, which we still was trying to get the lead actor of that show on on our, our that movie on our show it just never happened. But a home invasion movie with murder that has basically zero dialogue through the film between characters, but is all presented through voiceover. Wow! Uh, and also just extremely disturbing and another really hard movie to watch because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the film that's very off off-putting and just kind of embeds itself into your head and doesn't want to leave. Um, next up was uh, The American Dreamer, which I kind of um, talked about this film a lot. It's definitely one of my uh, favorite movies of this year. Um, a great intimate portrait of Dennis Hopper's life during um, the post-production of um, – God damn it, I just lost the fucking title of his movie – because he did Easy oh, Rider, like, yeah, and this is uh, the last, his the last movie, the last movie. Um, yeah, that, that's that's yep. what's called last movie. So he it's during uh, the post production of the last movie. So it's a very intimate portrait of his life, um, trying to come from what he had with Easy Rider, the fame, and you know his follow up film has to be just as good, you know, with with especially Hollywood in this era. Like you have to have another hit. So it's kind of an emotional roller coaster for him, and um, of course he eggs it on a little bit because Dennis Hopper's always been a little crazy. <laughs> but um, you know, a very bizarre uh, uh, documentary about about this uh, time period in his life. Um, next up is released by Drafthouse Films this year. Um, it's on Vudu. You can rent it. Um, this movie was lost for a long time. The the writer, director, editor did the music, everything like that. He's behind the movie. His name is John Rad. Unfortunately, he has passed away. Um, his family uh, picked up the film. Uh, they still have it, and uh, they were nice enough to let Draft, Draft House Films release this. Uh, it played in theaters for a short time during um, initial release, I think, like in the late 80s. Um, but the film was never actually really completed. Um, up until his death, he worked on it until basically the day he died. Wow. It's called Dangerous Men. Um, oh, it is a ridiculous movie. It, it's it's for fans of like stuff like Miami Connection. Yeah. Um, and it has that you know it has that draft house mentality of just being a really goofy movie. And it's available to rent on Vudu, so you can. I don't know when the Blu-ray's coming out, but um, really just a laugh. Laugh out loud, good time. Like, truly, truly is. It's not as great as Miami Connection, 
Um, but it definitely has some great moments. What's so great about it is that he filmed this movie and he had this plot that was happening. And right in the middle of the movie, like he took a break for a few years. And so he couldn't get the actors back. So it goes up on this weird side story tangent of the actors he could get back. Uh And the movie completely goes in a different (laughs) direction. It's a really weird, weird setup, but, um, uh, all around a, a really great time and uh, you can it, what's so special about it is this guy never gave up yeah you know no matter how goofy his movie was or how much problems he had so it's really a passion project and to see somebody put their heart and soul into a movie that's the spectacular part i mean it's <laughs> so like it's not easy to make a movie but certain people it is like it's easy for them to pick up a camera and get a crew but when you're by yourself and you're not a big name and you're doing everything yourself and no one else believes in the project. I think that's something worthwhile. It's a, you know, it's obviously a goofy movie and not a great movie, but it's fun to watch. But um, if there's passion behind it, like yeah, that's can, really you, what you sets can, the movie apart. Yeah, you even can, if it's bad, you can see it separate. Yeah. So um, another film that this is kind of it was released in the '80s um, and re-released this year. Um, so I put it on my list because it, it, it's a real documentary. It's called All American High. Um, I think I spoke about it on the podcast before. But yeah. uh, this guy did this movie, um, a documentary of high schoolers in the 80s. Um, and then 2014, he got together and he took about an hour of footage of his documentary and he revisited a lot of these actors that are grown up now and kind of did another documentary within a documentary. Uh, very lighthearted, like it's just very sweet. It's very, it's very moving, um, and it's really cool to see that you know high school wasn't much different from 1987 than it was for me in like 2003. Yeah. So um, a, a really great little film. Uh, next up was Lee Van Cleef's. Uh, this Arrow release um, was Day of Anger. Uh, Western, uh, definitely one of the best Westerns I've ever seen, which I mentioned a couple times on the podcast. Kind of a Scarface story being told of a guy that trains an, um, kind of a, a shopkeep, you know, a guy that sweeps the floors and takes out the garbage. He sees that he's picked on and he says, hey, man, don't take that shit. Let me show you the ropes. Let me show you a few things and then turns him up to be the ultimate badass. Um, a really, really great Western. Uh, next up was first for me, which I thought I saw this movie as well, was uh, Brian Usen's Society. Um, a gross fucking movie. <laughs> um, very fun. And it has this weird undertone of what society is actually really, really like, yeah. even today. Um, and last but not least, this is my number one. And probably, like, I don't know, maybe in the middle of the year when I redo my top ten of all time, this could be in my top ten of all time. I've watched this movie five times in 2015. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, this is – I showed this to everybody, and I still consider this, like, one of the best movies ever made. But was um, uh, Jim Jim Mickle's Cold in July. Oh, yeah. Um, such a great blend of 80s thriller with film noir with a little bit of giallo sprinkled in there with just – a fucking revenge movie that turns out to be something completely off the wall. Um, amazing performances by um, Michael Hall, who plays Dexter, yeah. I guess. Yeah. The, and then um, 
amazing performance by Sam Shepard and even a better performance by um, – um, oh, my God. I just drew a blank and I was just about to speak on behalf of him so highly. Don <laughs> Johnson. Um, Don Johnson's performance, and it was weird. I just discovered Don Johnson last year, and it's and it's weird. Like I knew John Don Johnson existed, but I thought he was kind of a laughing stock. He's not. He's truly a badass. I watched, um, you know, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Oh yeah, this year, and I'm like, God damn, fucking Don Johnson's a badass. So my New Year's resolution to watch Miami Vice this year. I, I used never, to watch Miami. I've, oh, really? I used to I've watch never, Miami Vice all the time. I've never seen Miami oh, Vice. Really? I've never seen a single episode, so I'm you excited know, to see it. Miami Vice was one of the first TV shows that um, that I saw that didn't end well. There was one episode where like the bad guys get away, and it ends, and it's Oof. just like I I, hey, I was I'm shocked excited. that a that a TV show, especially in the '80s. But it, it just threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean the bad guy got away? Like, hmm. this is a TV show. Like, the, ba- the the cops get the bad guys in the end, you know? I'm I'm excited yeah, my to watch it. Yeah, my advice is great. But yeah, Cold in July, definitely going to be in my probably top ten of all time because I, I, that movie's fucking perfect. It's a good one. It's yeah. one I want to rewatch soon. God, dude, it's so intense. Yep. Great soundtrack, too. But a nice. So, what's your uh, all right? Discovery Let show? me please through these. Two of them were on your list, so I'll talk. I'll mention them right whoa, away. Um, whoa, so- two society is okay. definitely on my discoveries list, uh, and then uh, the fan. Uh, oh, those okay. two films, uh, nice. every, like right there in my brain since I saw them. Uh, I, I love them. Boner jams. Boner jams. I would probably rewatch Society before the fan, but um, yeah, I, I, same here. But really, like, I would definitely, um, like, I really do want to rewatch the fan because I think I would, ha- I would have to have a bunch of people over and show it. To yeah, them to watch yeah, them. totally. Like, I, I'll never, I'll never watch it by myself again. It, it's definitely one I want to show people if I have like-minded people uh, together. I would definitely want to show them. So those two are, hey, are definitely I say a family list. outing. That would be a great thing to get together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, get the family together, watch the fan. <laughs> um, next up is an animated film called, I think I mentioned this on the show before. I, it was the one I, it was like the first movie I watched in 2015. It's called Rock and Rule. 1983 animated film. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Unearth Films put that out on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's one of those that was out of print for a while. It came back into print. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. It was that. a high demand. Yeah, I think it's still in. I think it's in print now. Okay, good. I mean, it's worth checking out. It's such a weird thing. It's it has a great soundtrack and it's just a, it's such an interesting premise. Whereas like. You know, it, all the humans have died away on the earth and all the pets basically have evolved into, you know, animal, uh, uh, what's, what's the word when they have arms, arms and legs? I want to say anamorphic, but that's not correct. No, anamor, you mean like mandibles? <laughs> I don't know. Like mandibles, like pre- Anyway, uh, they all become human-like, uh, so... It's just really creative, a lot of fun. Uh, the animation is really great, and it's you know there's this just just something about like '80s animation, especially animation geared towards adults in the '80s. Um, it's just something special. It's just hand drawn. So if you're a fan of like heavy metal or um, Fire and Ice or things like that, um, anything Bakashi or whatever, it's not by Bakashi, but. Um, but it's definitely uh, it's, it's awesome. It's Clive Smith. I don't know what else he did, but it's great. 
So that's rock and roll. Um, next up is, I don't know if, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show either. It's a film, it's a kind of a sci-fi time travel-ish dinner party movie called Coherence. Dude, did, did we talk about pimp, this? I fucking pimp coherence. <clears throat> did you? Did you? No, that's what I'm saying. I think I I heard it. Somebody mention it, and then uh, and and then I think you may have brought it up again or something. But it was one of those that dinner party <laughs> movies. It's so good, and yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. You just don't know what the hell's going on, and the dialogue. I guess most of it was improv. It's all improv. It's is it all improv. Okay. It's hard to believe. It's great. Sure. It really is good. The acting is just so top notch, and it really, it's a very low key film. You know, like yeah, it's a very low fi sci fi movie. Yeah, but it's really good. And when when shit starts going down, it's it's a mind fuck. Definitely, definitely a mind fuck of a film. Uh, next up, um, here comes the devil. Ooh. I uh, watched that for the first time. God, dude, that movie. So that was on my top ten of um, probably like 2012. I, I watched. Say. I watched Starry Eyes and uh, Here Comes the Devil in the same night, and I was like, "This about the director. He directed Late Phases. Yeah, um, Late Phases, Cold Sweat, Yeah." Um, Penumbra, but nice. this movie got under my skin. Like I couldn't sleep that night. I stayed up to watch the commentary of Starry Eyes because I was just so awake after when this film ended. But um, that metal song can wake you up at the end. <laughs> yeah, turn your volume up. It's like my favorite part of the movie. But uh, this movie really got under my skin. Skin, uh, just a really well done film. And I mean, it has its. Uh, there's a lot of people that have a lot of hate for this film, apparently. But uh, I, I loved it. Thought it was great, so yeah. you can definitely check it out. Um, next up, I did uh, 2015 was when I first uh, I first dived into not exploitation. So I watched three films within a week. I watched The Night Porter, Salon Kitty, and then Black Angel, which is also known as Senso 45. And uh, maybe I watched Senso 45 for or Black Angel first. But anyway, I got the not exploitation bug. But I think my favorite or the one that I watched, the one I want to mention, uh, is The Night Porter. Um, it's just a fantastic film. Like, you, you think, you know, you're looking at like, like Salon Kitty and Black Angel, like a little bit smutty, you know, there's, there's some naughty bits going on in, in that one. But, um, The Night Porter, you think, I thought that's possibly what I was getting, but I got much more of a film, um, much more of a satisfying film. Really solid performances about this, um, this woman who was is a Holocaust survivor and she was kind of like tortured in a way by a Nazi officer, but also developed a like r- romantic uh, relationship with him. Uh, so there's kind of interspliced timelines, but she sees they run into each other again later on in life. Um, about 10 years, I think after the Holocaust. So it's just a really just um, incredible film. And uh, you know, I think I watched in the same night, the night porter and then salon kitty. So I had a little bit of uh class and a little bit of trash that night. Mm. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I never, I haven't jumped into more of the sleazy, sleazy, not exploitation, but, uh, I may in 2016 for sure. Uh, let's see. Next up is stripped to kill. I love Ooh. this flick so much. And I knew when I first saw the poster, I'd love it, but I didn't realize how much I'd love it. Once I saw it and, uh, kind of like death spa, I think 2014 death spa was, uh, that came out right on Blu-ray. Yeah. 
that was a, uh, a a hit for me. I loved Death's Boss. I think this is my this is taking the place of it in 2015. Just uh just a you know kind of a sleazy little horror flick. Um, that is just, uh, it, it's awesome. Like it kind of surprised this one kind of those surprised me with the subtext since it was direct directed by Kat Shea, um, by a female, you know, a female director. And mm-hmm. so there's that, there's like underlying kind of empowerment to it that I, I was surprised by. You should uh, watch strip to kill part two. Oh, I know you said that when I talked about this last time, Yeah. Uh, a couple more here, blood and black lace is Got up it. there. Um, just a fantastic giallo, and I think more people need to need to see it. And I think it just finally came out in the U.S. version of Arrow, Arrow Blu-ray. Yeah, not too long ago, did yeah. you, I think, right? Like, it was like on New Year's. Wait, the U.S.? Yeah. I think you can finally get it, <clears throat> apparently. I thought, that was, I thought that was suspended. Uh, they tweeted something out. Somebody tweeted something out, or I, I could be wrong. Oh. But um, okay. something came up that it was available, so maybe they ironed out all that legal bullshit. But um, yeah. either way, it's a region free wherever you buy it. So, but uh, it's uh, you know, Bava at his best, and I think it could be my favorite Bava film I've seen. I think that there's just a lot going on to it, going on with it. Um. There's another movie called like there's, I'm getting confused. There's a there's another movie Screen Factors putting out that's like Blood and Lace, right? Yeah, Blood and Lace. I don't know, but Blood and Black Lace on Arrow. Check it out. Really, really good. And two more. Uh, Paper House was yeah. a huge discovery for me. Thanks to you. You're welcome. I You're love welcome. that film, and I, I if, if I had a, a company, I'd be putting that out on the physical media oh, like in like a collector's paper? edition. Because there's so much to this there film. Is, there is a collector's edition in like another country. Is like, there? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I forget, I forget where it is, but it's on Blu-ray. It's really um, damn good. Somewhere it, else. It's. I was surprised at how much I loved. It's a wonderful film, and something that I think my daughter and I will watch um, together because I think it's a. It's, there's like a darkness to it, but it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very well done. Yeah, well, I liked it too. <clears throat> and then finally, another movie that I'm uh, want to raise, carry a torch for getting a collector's edition Blu-ray. Uh, Never too young to die. <laughs> John Stamos needs to bring it home, but I think isn't he in trouble with the law? Did something happen with John Stamos? He got arrested. I, not, I don't know. Not too I, long ago. I stopped running his uh, <laughs> fan website a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, this one, I would love to see come out on Blu-ray. I think it's right up everyone's alley um if you can find it you, you there's a lot to enjoy so that one needs a physical media release or at least like it needs to be released streaming somewhere you know we need a good release of this because it's <laughs> it's damn fun but that's, yeah. that's my top discoveries of 2015 nice i like it i'm glad i was like <laughs> part of like a couple of those yeah dude heck so, yeah that's that's what I, I i saw a couple other people post like their top 10 um, here and there, and um, a couple of films that I mentioned or championed for a while were on there, so yeah. I was I was happy about that. Very nice. All right, we need to wrap things up here. Um, looking at the time, so we'll t- jump into our top Blu-rays. Top Blu-rays. Uh, do you want me to go? Yeah, you're first. Yes. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna run through these because a couple of them were on my top discoveries, but they also had really kick-ass Blu-ray editions as well. Blood and Black Lace is one of them. 
the American Dreamer is something you should own on Blu-ray. Um, All right, that's on mine too, so I'll okay. take that out of the pile. American okay. Dreamer. <clears throat> um, Society is a, just yep. a fantastic. And you can't get that packaging anymore. Oh, you can't, you, can you? No, unless you pay like uh, top dollar. But the original box set is quite the spectacle. It's like, so good. It's it's beautiful. I mean, you can still get the Blu-ray. It's available, but that special box set is yeah. no longer out there. Yeah. Um, so uh, both have great transfers. They by do. the way, so. this this next one could put you back over a hundred bucks. Um, but if you do it right, the actual the complete season is two hundred something bucks. But if you do it right. Get them on sale. The X Files Blu-rays. I got to mention these suckers, man. Oh. I just uh, they're they're on sale, so I bit the bullet. They're like fourteen ninety nine a piece, so I dropped like one hundred thirty bucks on them. But um, that's a hundred dollars less than they're selling the actual collector's box set, which comes with nothing else really. It's, it's I think like a book. But um, I wanted to mention it because if you're an X Files fan, I mean I'm a huge X Files fan. I owned these on DVDs. The DVDs look like crap. Um, they look amazing on Blu-ray. That's on my New Year's resolution. I've never seen one X Files episode. Can you believe that? X Files is hit or miss, but the one the episodes that hit hit hard, and they're it really good. Right up my alley, man. Yeah, um, but the I was I popped in season one the other day, and my jaw my jaw dropped to the full to, to the floor just how pristine the these look. Yeah, I had to go to the doctor get checked out. But um, they, I don't know. I think these are filmed on film, so I think you know they're not doing any, you know, cutting anything off to fill the TV. So uh, if you can find these on sale, it's tough. Collecting TV collections can get very expensive, but if you find them for fourteen ninety nine a pop, I think you're going to be very happy with them. And um, I don't know. I I was afraid they would jump up in price, so I just started buying them all. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, how, no, how I mean, that? I think I think it's one of those that will come down in price. I think so. Yeah, because I mean, the DVDs were fairly cheap, and I think they've been out long enough that they know that the Blu-rays aren't going to make a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, fourteen ninety nine. I mean, for for six discs, and the, and and there's a lot of extras on them too, which is why I wanted to mention. Like, they're not just bare bones. Like, this Chris Carter, you know, is all about sharing, you know, about. About uh, what it went, what went into these and everything, and like I said, the quality yeah. is just fantastic. So, uh, moving along, uh, the Arrow set, Black Cats. Ooh yeah. Um, I this is yeah. this is a set like together. I was hit or miss. I was kind of like you know hot and cold on on the films themselves, but the set is such a great package by Arrow Films with the booklet and everything. It really made me actually appreciate the films more. And I know, and I know that th- these are films that are going to get rewatched, um, and, and I'm, I want to dig into them further. So that's why it, it looks, and it looks really great on a shelf. So that's why it's, you know, one of my top. Uh, next up, uh, the Hellraiser Scarlet Box. You can't get the Scarlet Box anymore, unfortunately. They're going to be releasing each film. Um, the only thing you're going to be missing is the, of course, the gorgeous art box art and the book but you're gonna get everything else all the supplements everything else um you'll be able to get in standard arrow releases but these are region b they look fabulous and i'm a hell i'm a hellraiser fan so just to own these in this presentation uh was very exciting 
So um, I I haven't had a chance to really dig in to them yet, like the supplements, but I did look at the quality and, and they look damn good if you're a Hellraiser fan. Uh, next up, Mulholland Drive. We talked about that not too long ago, but the Criterion disc is uh, beautiful. Um, and I got three more. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome's Madman. Yeah, release. that almost made mine. <clears throat> it's I I was kind of you know lukewarm on the film just because I was on kind of slasher overload, but I think that Vinegar Syndrome's presentation, the care that they put into restoring it, um, the the few supplements they have on there, like it it made me kind of give I think a little more respect to the film in a way. And um, it's it's one that I want to now that I've seen it once I want to revisit it and just kind of you know have fun with the film. Some movies are tough when you watch them the first time. It's almost the second watch is uh, a lot more fun. But um, but their but Vinegar Syndrome's you know presentation actually made me even consider the film. And and if, if this was something like if Olive had thrown it out on a disc or whatever, I probably wouldn't have paid attention to it. But the fact that Vinegar Syndrome released it and put so much care into it, um, I was I was on board. So maybe appreciate the film more. Next up is another kind of a uh, example of like the care of a of a company really elevating the film, um, Massacre Mafia style, Grindhouse releasing. Yeah, I'm gone with the Pope. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but that those two, those two almost made up my list too. Just um, those two films together. I mean. I mean, it really made me want to uh, dig into. Um, oh gosh, I'm having a. Is it called Massacre Mafia style or Murder? What is it called? Massacre. No, it's Massacre Mafia style. Oh gosh, what's then, his what's his name? Um, Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell. Duke Mitchell. It. it I mean, if I if I had never seen this Blu-ray, I would never know who Duke Mitchell was. And just no, that's the thing is the amount knows. of fun I yeah. had digging into the life of Duke Mitchell, um, that makes this Blu-ray set just totally worth it. So, and plus it, I think this, does this one have the, the early film of his? The, the master mafia style does. I don't think, okay. I don't think gone with the Pope does. They right. released two movies. Yeah. Yeah. The, this really hokey, like black and white, you know, film. That's a lot of fun. Duke Mitchell's a, it was a character. Uh, and then finally, uh, the the dead next door Blu-ray is out, and yeah. it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, they did a great job. If if you're looking, you know, if you're one of those people that are, I don't know, looking for pristine, beautiful quality, like new film, you're not going to get that. But the restoration done on this thing, man, um, I'm surprised it looks as good as it does. It looks fantastic. It's, it's awesome. And just having- and we just and we just watched it not too long ago because we had, um, you know, we had uh, Jr. on the show. Yeah, and you know, but I saw like a, him twice. Yeah, I saw a VHS transfer of it. Yeah, and but it it's man, and and the amount of extras on there, the commentary. Uh, I listened to a little bit of the commentary. Super fun uh, when he goes into talking about the the fence of the White House and stuff like that. Just the story that he told on our show. I mean, uh, of him. Doing that is just it's just super entertaining. We inspired I, that. We inspired. Did, I think we did. I think we did. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I inspired Jr. to do a lot of things. That's how I like to look at. <laughs> just the the care that's putting in, put into this. This thing is you you get your money's worth. Um, there's the actual VHS. I think they put the VHS transfer or the DVD transfer yeah, they on put here. Three different cuts on it. Um, yeah. 
the rest restored version in like a four by three, and then, and then uh, the Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah, and then there's the sixteen by nine where there does some cropping does occur, but I think it um, I think it works. I wa- I watched the sixteen by nine to see what it looked like, and uh, but just you know having this thing and and the soundtracks on there in, in in the set, it's just it's a beautiful set. This is what Blu-ray is for, people, to help you appreciate the film even more, and I think. All the bells and whistles, I think, help movies like this. You just kind of fall in love with them a little bit more. Yeah. All right. What's yours? I agree. Uh, all ten of mine are Screen Factory titles. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I had any Screen Factory titles this year. None. <laughs> I have one. Oh, do you? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I have The American Dreamer, which Sean mentioned, and Society. Um, both gorgeous transfers. Um, up next is... A three disc set, like me. I'm holding this in my hand, and I'm still thinking, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I'm holding Blood Rage, uh, three disc um, uh, transfer or th- th- three discs with three different cuts of the film, with a brand new uh, 2K restoration on um, one of the cuts that that integrates the the camera negative and. Um, the composite, like they took three different versions of the movie and spliced it into one, making an ultimate version. That's amazing. Um, no one else would have ever done something like this. Um, arrow, which is obviously we've had Francisco and, and Ewan on the show. Ewan spoke about this film very highly. Um, this is when somebody that really truly loves a movie and puts their own, like heart and soul into it. Like the only reason why this is three disc and like this is it's because Ewan likes it. And this <laughs> is a passion for him. And this is a special film and it, it really like it's heavy. It's uh slip cover is glossy and feels great. Um, the transfer is fantastic. I actually um, watched this the other, other night and I was just, you know, it felt like I was watching it for the first time because I've only seen it on tape under nightmare at shadow woods and it's edited. So, um, seeing the fucking balls out gore and some of the extra little gags that they did was, uh, was very pleasing and I enjoy it immensely. And thank you arrow for <laughs> such a small little title to have such a big release, uh, kind of an unknown movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of had a resurgence, um, a couple years ago, but, uh, truly a fantastic, um, release for such a goofy little movie. Um, off to Screen Factory. Screen Factory, um, of course, as you know, they do a lot of shoddy work. Um, however, every once in a while, they pull out some really badass titles and, uh, transfers. So let's just talk about the positive things for them for a second. They are bringing a lot of films to Blu-ray. They are saving some movies, mm-hmm. even if they are HD masters. But this, they went the extra mile, and I was really happy with um, the new um, release of Escape from New York. Mm. They did a 2K scan of the interpositive, but the movie looks fucking great. Uh, the The Blu-ray that was released by MGM is just an HD master. This, the blacks look black. And it looks because the movie is extremely dark. Mm -hmm. So watching something like this and having it, um, the blacks be almost as colorful as actual movie is something to be said. Um, And the soundtrack is great. And it's got 
loads of special features, stuff pulled over from the old um, even Laserdisc from back in the day with the commentary with uh, Carpenter and uh, Russell to even new um, uh, new interviews and um, uh, commentary with uh, Deborah Hill, which is a truly a great, great little package. Um, yeah, the extras so are great on that. that. Um, next up is uh, a Vinegar Syndrome title. Um, we had the etiquette pictures, but this one, this one's not a great movie, but this one, this movie hit close to home because of my history with it. Um, this, uh, is don't go into the woods dot, dot, dot alone. Um, (laughs) which this is a film that I owned on VHS for a very long time. And I would sit together and watch movies with my mother. Um, you know, I would buy box lots out of uh, video stores, and her and I would get together just pretty much every night and watch one or two movies um, on tape. And we watched this one, and my mom always implemented quiet with watching movies. I wasn't allowed to talk. I wasn't allowed to do anything. And she trained me right because when I grew up, that's what it, all the other people like to do that really, truly like movies is you shut the fuck up and you put down your phone and you watch the movie. My mom was very hardcore on that. Um, but when we watched Don't Go to the Woods, she started heckling. She, like, she started making fun of the movie. She started laughing because, because it's such a fucking awful, goofy movie. She would, she was making fun of it. And it became, even before I knew Mystery Science Theater, this is the first time that I ever laughed or joked about uh, a movie, you know, like making fun of it as it's playing. Um, so when Vinegar Syndrome released this, yeah, it's a goofy movie. Um, however, it holds a special place to me because this is the first time that I, you know, a very intimate little setting with my mother watching this movie and, you know, doing that. Um, and especially they put the hysteria continues on this, the commentary, uh, with that, which is obviously hilarious. Um, and the commentaries with, uh, with the director and, uh, you know, only Vinegar Syndrome would pull, pull pull this movie out and actually do a new transfer. You know, uh, Code Red, of course, released on DVD, but Code Red's just going to grab the film stock and run it through the scanner and do that. But they actually did a full restoration on this um, with 35 millimeter, giving it um, a definitive release. Like, there's nothing that's ever going to look better than Don't Go Into the Woods on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. So uh, definitely something to be seen. Um, next up was uh, the 30th anniversary, 30th anniversary, not the other Blu-ray that came out a couple years ago, but of The Breakfast Club. Um, they digitally remastered and did a full restoration from the original 35 uh, millimeter for this Blu-ray. It came out, I think, in March um, on Blu-ray, and it's it looks fucking fantastic. It's probably the best-looking Blu-ray that I've seen uh well, let's just say the top 10. <laughs> um, but um, the music, uh, dialogue, the picture, everything is crisp and clear. Um, it's the best it's ever looked and probably the best it will ever look. Um, and also has some you know cool special features. I think most of the stuff is pulled um, from um, the old DVDs and Blu-rays, but uh, definitely in one package uh, looks and feels great. Um, next up was a film that was released in 2014, late 2014, got a 2015 release, was A Girl Walks a Home Alone at Night. Um, Kino Lober put this out, which was a kind of an odd title because they usually just do the generic packaging for all their movies. 
but they went above and beyond doing a um a graphic novel in with with the blu-ray um they did you know kind of a slip case but they have a big booklet that's uh essays and um and a graphic novel of the film um looks and smell like the smell of this movie like the smell of the case smells great i don't know what it is you smell that it smells like old school like vhs cardboard um but yeah definitely great packaging um alone with with the film uh, a feminist uh a feminist armenian vampire western iranian sorry iranian not armenian uh i <laughs> Wow, that's really fucked up. I said Armenian. But this is Iranian vampire western, um, a feminist perspective, and one of the best soundtracks to a movie, um, which it's all pre-recorded music, just a you know, compilation uh, you know, music put together by the director herself. But um, it's thick, it's heavy, it looks great, and um, of course the transfer is great because they just use the digital, uh, digital file from that. Um, next up, this, this is another movie that is special to me just because it's so goofy, but only certain companies would take the time and effort. Um, and honestly, I only think that Synapse would be the only company to actually do this and do it properly was Mosquito. Um, Mosquito is a goofy fucking movie. It's literally giant mosquitoes sucking the blood out of people. Um, but only Synapse would actually give the time of day to do such a restoration on something like that um, along with special features and a whole, whole setup. That's, that's the one thing with synapses is that they've only released maybe six or seven like Blu-rays a year, it seems, but every title is a hundred percent. It's always a hundy. It's never short of that. Always a hundy. Like every time, like even if it's, you know, a $25 title or $30, you know that you're getting your money's worth. The same thing like with Arrow. Yeah. Like, I don't even hesitate. Even if it's a movie I haven't seen, I'll jump right on that. Um, so uh, next up was I was just thankful that this was uncut in HD um, because I've never seen it uncut in HD um, <laughs> was Turkey Shoot um, by Severin. Severin does a good job of releasing movies but they don't do any new transfers they just do hd masters i'm hearing some good um, stuff about one of their new double features yeah but the axe and kidnap co-ed's the same way yeah they're just hd masters which okay. is fine i'm yeah. completely content with it the movies look good and you know but they're doing the kind of the same thing that screen factory does yeah they're just kind of digging into the depths pulling out more obscure movies instead of re-releasing you know fucking you know, ghoulies or something like that. Um, but, um, you know, definitely d decent special features. And plus the DVD was escape 2000. Um, and that was out of print. So it was nice to actually put Turkey shoot out there under the original title with the crazy amount of gore, um, nice. on, on Blu-ray. So I was really happy about that. And, um, I think I have 11, but last but not least is another Arrow title. Another – like a lot of these are goofy movies, but it's it's the fact that somebody yeah. took the time and effort to give it a release. Like th these releases are better than fucking you know, Mad Max or something that we, that we love. Like, I know, huh? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Someone takes the time and like really puts forth like a shit ton of effort. You know, when you look at the back of the, the movie and 
there's like a huge half paragraph of what they've actually done and what this movie contains. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was Arrow's contamination. Oh yeah. You know, a, a fantastic lenticular cover that glows. Um, it's such a go- goofy movie, of course, you know, but uh, a 2K restoration of the original uh, camera negative to putting just a shit ton of um, uh, special features on here with the commentary with um, with the director and the star, also going to the route of having a commentary with uh, Chris Alexander, who is um, you know that was the editor and uh, editor in chief in uh, at Fangoria. He's a huge fan of this movie. Um, you know, it's it's one of the, Arrow does exactly what I always said that people should do is that if you don't have a ton of people around to actually do interviews or something, find fans of the movie. Find film historians, ask them about it, you know, do an interview like that because somewhere Mm -hmm. some, someone loves this movie and holds it up as like one of their top 10 of all time. Every movie is loved by somebody. Yeah. I don't care if it's a fucking piece of shit. Somebody loves that movie. What, for whatever reason, if they think it's a great movie or they just have fun watching a shitty movie, it's loved by somebody. And, you know, it's nice when companies acknowledge that, like Arrow or Vinegar Syndrome. They know that the movie's not great, but, you know, it holds a special place in their heart and they want to give it the release it deserves. And that's exactly what they do. And so that's why a lot of my titles, you know, like, I I mean, society has some crazy, like, you know, undertones of today's world but stuff like blood rage don't go to the woods contamination turkey shoot goofy movies you know they're not great by any means but man they're fun and it's nice to see someone take the time and effort yeah. on those films yep and that and yeah that that kind of enthusiasm is contagious and he, he totally can tell yeah you know that and it also gives excited. you and it also gives you a good um a good look with the film like with a company that you'll blind buy yeah. a film just because it's the company, like just because it's vinegar syndrome, just because it's, it's arrow. Like I don't have a problem throwing down money for those companies because I know that I am going to get the best of the best, no matter if the movie's shitty or what, yeah. like, you know, it's all about presentation too. Like if you did, you know, like for example, we can we can safely say this like stuff about um, the olive titles of slasher. Well, I'm happy they they're released, but they kind of did a like I understand there's certain stipulations to it and restrictions that they had. But if they would have done Deadly Prey and Shock 'em Dead, if they would have had kind of an Arrow or you know Vinegar Syndrome treatment. They probably would have been more popular. Yeah. They probably would have sold more copies, and they probably would have made some top ten lists. But instead, we're watching a videotape on a Blu-ray. So even though I love some of those movies, like there's a certain aspect and a certain you know it has to you have to harness that you have something so special when you put the time and effort into it that you can make it feel like you're watching it for the first time. And I think that's the goal Yeah. when you touch movies like this. Cause I've seen blood rage, I don't know, five times through the history of my life, but it felt like I was watching it for the first time when I saw it on this Blu-ray. I watched it last, uh, uh, I don't know, 
Well, I've watched two cuts of it. I watched the the um, the new like fully like all the cuts put into one, and then I watched the cut that I was familiar with uh, last night. Nice. And um, both times, it felt like I was watching the movie for the first time again, and that's what's special to me. Like I've seen Shock Him Dead on VHS. I've seen Deadly Prey on VHS. I watched it on VHS on Blu-ray, so it didn't feel like I was watching it for the first time or nothing new to me. Right. And I think that's what companies really need to look at and achieve. And I think that's where, where Screen Factory's downfall is, is that it's more of a company than, uh, you know, it's more of a business than a passion project at the end of the day. And I think that's what hurts them a little bit. Now, every once in a while, they, you know, do something like Army of Darkness or, you know, like Escape from New mm-hmm. York. But I, I feel that when you going forward with companies, they should really look at the aspect of like, we want people like even if this is the they've seen this movie a hundred times, we want it to feel like they're watching it for the first time. It's the same thing as when you go to the theater and you watch a film like in thirty five or something. Like the 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 contrast, the colors, the sound, the visuals, like it's like you're taken back, like, oh my god, I've seen this movie countless times that it literally feels I'm watching it for the first time. And I think that's what companies need to go for from here on out. Yeah. Agreed. So well, all right. Well, those are our top ten. Ten, ten, ten. Wow, we top got through 60. it. <laughs> we want to thank all of you guys for uh, for just even giving our show a chance in 2015. Yeah. Um, We're going on two years next. Yeah, time. what the fuck? But two uh, years, and we wouldn't have done this if we actually didn't have the fans that we did. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there's there's uh, many times that I've wanted to kind of just throw in the towel, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, you wanted to throw the towels some nights because we can't get anything organized. <laughs> yeah, but just uh, knowing that you know, there's people out there listening and and you guys you know talk back to us uh, and and interact with us is great and really made me feel like you know this thing that I had an idea for one night and then ran it by Brad and then all of a sudden we created this thing uh, just is giving it some legs and is, I think it was very unexpected to me you know that this show took off. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening and uh, being engaged each week. Each week makes it fun for us to come back and record the shows, knowing that uh, we'll have some awesome dialogue throughout the rest yeah. of the week. And um, yeah, here's to a, a great 2000, 2016. I know that we're going to, you know, we kind of hone the show a little more each year and, and throw in some new things and try different things. And um I mean, some we're, stick, we're, some don't. Yep, we'll be doing that again no. this year, and I know that Brad's going to be hard at work trying to get land uh, interviews yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, um, got a special year. Hopefully, this is uh, our best. Well, one of our best. Hopefully, two thousand. Oh, if we're still doing this in two thousand seventeen, yeah. Still, I mean, uh, we're still going to be. How long do podcasts usually run for? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think until someone just gets sick of doing it. I, I think. I think our friends over at uh, Movie BS, which is Eric Snyder and Jeff Bear. They've been doing that show for, yeah. you know, maybe a little over five years now. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, like, they do it thinking that they're going to make some money, and they don't, and yeah, life kind of gets in the money, way. We would have probably quit after the third <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> life kind of gets in the way, and I think people get yeah. jobs and full-time careers, and they have, they have to, something yeah. has to go. Luckily, uh, we, I, did the, we did the reverse of that. We I think so. We already had our jobs and careers, and we wanted to do something on the side. Yeah. So, um, it's you know, all, it you know, works out. it's all good fun. And, and like I said, I mean, I had a chance to really watch some really fun movies in, last year. The last two years have been 
really great. And yeah, sometimes it makes us engage in the new things too. Yeah, like it, we want to do new stuff for the show or watch something like the whole VHS and uh, stream screams. Yeah, you know, like that 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 because of that you had two movies on yeah. your top ten. Totally. Yep. So hopefully other people watch them too. Yep. We'd love to uh, drop us a line. Read me at thescreamcast.com. Let us know what your favorites of 2015 were. Um, we'd love to talk to you more about that. Hit us up on Twitter, scream underscore cast, or on Facebook. Uh, you can find links to all of our social media over at thescreamcast.com. And uh, there should be a link to iTunes. Leave us a, a little review. That'd be great. We'd love to build that up this year. Um, I'm horrible about plugging our own site. Um and iTunes and crap like that. But apparently if you get enough reviews, you start getting listed higher in the uh, listings of iTunes. I don't know how that shit works. But uh, more importantly, though, check out our sponsors, um, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Use the code SCREAMCAST when you check out. You get 10% off your order. Please give uh, GrindhouseVideo.com some love. I'm about I'm sure you can find these titles over there, too. Yes. Uh, each week I'm trying to uh, highlight titles that we've talked about and you can click on the link and go to grindhousevideo.com order them from them over there uh hey, i'm about Mike, Mike actually has some societies left over oh nice and if so you use the code screamcast 10 you get a 10 percent discount on any order over 25 dollars of course wolfman of mars did the music for our show their album is called uh gamma it's out now i believe they have some other more some more new music that's been out um gamma gamma it means, means yes, exactly. <laughs> and also go to Ink Spatters, uh, inkspatters.com. Do I have that right? Ink Spatters, uh, yes. Inkspatters.com. Kevin Spencer has done the artwork for the show. Uh, buy some of his stuff. And um, he's just a really great guy. And, you know, he didn't have to do a thing, create a logo for free for us, but he did. And we are eternally grateful. So please please check out his work. Uh, his work is awesome. Yep. Uh, all right. That's all I got for the shout outs. That's all I got too. Just to expect, um, a couple, couple, uh, maybe not changes, but maybe just, you know, a little bit more activity. Yeah. Uh, on social media and Facebook and content for the site. Where um, you said you uh, brought up the idea about creating a letterboxd account. So yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do that. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people. I've had a lot of people ask me, "Hey, um, what was that movie that you talked about on the show?" Yeah, and it's like, "All right, well, I probably mentioned like twenty titles, so let me go back and listen to the show <laughs> and see if I can figure it out for you." But I, I think Letterbox is a fun thing. I started using it, um, so I'll be tracking everything that um, that I'll be watching just because it's fun to share. I didn't really think about it before. Like I would always just handwrite my tally. But um, I think sharing it, giving a small little review, giving it a star, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. And, and we're going to list the films that we talk about and also uh, probably do like little lists uh, like we did last year with our top ten and everything yeah. like that for content for the site. Yep, it's pretty easy. I have a letterbox account. I don't know the name of it. But um, I have one, and every year I get better and better. So yeah, it just yeah, I'm gonna, you know I'm going to stick with it this year and and uh, really dish them out. So yeah, I keep, wish keep, they had a mobile app. There, I that, heard I I heard from Josh Hurtado, one of our friends. He mentioned it yesterday on Twitter that 
It's in the uh, last like week's nice. beta testing. Because gosh, because that's so, when I I have a I have an app on my phone right now called Filmlog. It doesn't go anywhere online, but it, I, that's how I keep track of what I watch. And then yeah. I, then I take that and go to Letterbox. I'm like, if yeah. I had a, a if I had an app like Filmlog that links to Letterbox. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. Letterbox isn't that bad if you don't like, you know, because one thing like with the phones, you know, it takes up so much space on Internet if you don't clear your history or yeah. go into private mode. So you have to like not do that. So that way it because I hate logging into Letterbox on my phone because yeah. that thing circles around for like two minutes. Yeah, it's a, before it logs in. It's a bit of a behemoth. Then, the movie's already started. You yeah. Know? So, um, but anyways, that's why um, movie this yeah, thing, thing, thing film log is super quick. And if they had some sort of that, even if it's a stripped down version, just to get things posted there, that's all I want. All right, that's got to do it for this week's uh, show. We got to get going. It's been two hours. I'm yeah. hungry. Hey, I think that's a I think that's a good first episode for the first year. I think so. You know, solid. Let people know know what 2015 brought us. Yeah. All right. So here's to a new new year and plenty of Blu-ray releases and plenty of money spent. No, man. I'm not going to add that up. All right. Talk to it. all of you guys next week. Bye-bye. All right. See ya. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.